Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is Nick Krita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us today because uh, we have a few things to offer you, and um, the great... Um, offer you we have a nice book one of the best book we offer so far i believe uh, but that will be a little bit later on but also you can be part of this program today with us you just need to send us a text message an sms on the phone number zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one on the same number you can request the free offer which we'll talk about uh, just a little bit later But today I would like to welcome uh, our co-host, Pastor uh, Hugh Hannan. Good to have you with us, uh, Hugh. It's great to be here, Nick, and uh, thanks for having me. And it's good to be with you. Now, it's not my usual time. Uh, People may expect to be somebody else uh, uh, on this side of the microphone, you know. But I'm enjoying to be with you because we just swapped with Fabiano. Uh, I'm going to be away for the weekend and uh, uh, I need to leave tomorrow for Mount Gambier. I thought we'll just uh, swap and uh, allows me to to hit the road to say so tomorrow morning quite early and um, yeah I will be very happy to share with uh, our listeners in Mount Gambier I have an appointment there uh, Saturday morning and then I will spend a couple of days there to um, to work a little bit on the network there but uh, I always enjoy to to be with you and I know we did uh, at least one program or two I can't mm-hmm. remember uh, I did we yes, did together this is certainly not the first time we've worked not together the first, is it Nick no that's no. right and uh, Pastor Hugh, um, now you are uh, looking after uh, two churches, to say so, Trinity Garden, yes? Yes, that's right. And uh, a plant church, which is uh, Faith Adventist Center in Mosson Lakes. Absolutely. Th- those are the two congregations that I'm working with at the present time and loving <coughs> working in those different communities and with the, uh, the people that comprise those communities of faith within those communities as well. Now, also talking about community, what I like, you know, I love what you're doing also at uh, Trinity Garden Church, because you run a, a pantry uh, there every, is that every Thursday? Yes, that's every Thursday, Nick, and uh, I've not long come from the pantry, um, as a matter of fact. I've um, <coughs> made my way here to the studio uh, from having uh, been there within and amongst uh, the many people that come and uh, really benefit from this open community pantry that's there in terms of fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, uh, lots of different uh, products and uh, you know, uh, canned products, refrigerated mm-hmm. products, uh, frozen products, etc. All of it food uh, and also a few other items as well, uh, more general in nature for the household, uh, even a few uh, clothing items there as well. But all of this is really just there to bless and to benefit our community and uh, we have, uh, uh, we, we just really enjoy uh, making relationships, uh, building a sense of community, but also uh, just knowing that what's happening there is helping so many people from different walks of life, whether it's retirees, whether it's those who are down on their luck, whether it's those who, who, who just need that, that little bit of extra assistance and, and who does doesn't Nick? We all need some uh, some extra assistance and help, and uh, we love to uh, uh, to help each other uh, there at Trinity Gardens. Hugh, we are talking today. We are going to talk today a bit more about um, has uh, 
culture uh, change the church view of truth now um, from a christian point of view uh, we always want to share you know to share the truth to tell people mm. the truth of the gospel in the bible and that's great but i believe what you're doing i'm coming back to this um, opportunity you know to to have that uh, pantry open you know because uh, before you tell some people the truth you may need to attend some other needs um, mm. and I, it, mm. it comes in my mind the way how Jesus approached people yes. um, in his time. And uh, there is uh, that saying, you know, that Jesus method alone, which Jesus always, you know, he mixed with, with people, you know. I mean, mm. he sympathized with people. He socialized with people. He served them mm. in order to, yes. you know, to bring salvation to <laughs> yeah, them. And, right. and I that's think right. you're doing a great, great thing, you know, um, mm. at uh, Trinity Garden. Can you share us, uh, I mean, for people, if they uh, listen and they may want to come and visit you there, where it, where it is and uh, yeah. during what uh, time? Yeah, sure, Nick. So, uh, we run every single week from 10.30 a.m. every Thursday right through to 1.30 p.m. that same day. So, three hours on a Thursday every single week. Uh, we look forward to it because, I tell you what, we make some great friendships. Uh, it just feels really great uh, to know that uh, we're we're being helpful to those that uh, live in the same neighborhoods as ourselves uh, and at the same time to work together because it's not just uh, the work of the church within the community but also we invite others to come and join us as well and to say hey look if you want to be a part of this you want to partner together mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, do something that's going to really help uh, those uh, you know, uh, around you uh, who are just like you uh, then uh, this is a, a great way to do that and uh, you said something really interesting Nick a little moment ago and that was that uh, uh, not just talking about truth, <clears throat> but living truth, if I can paraphrase what you were saying. Uh, and I think that truth is not just abstract notions. It's yep. not just uh, uh, concepts. Truth is far more holistic, and there's far more to truth than that. Truth is also something that can be seen in beauty. You know, yes. when, when you look at the world around you, you can see in, in, in beauty and in, in simplicity and in elegance, you can see, and in design and symmetry, you can see truth uh, in action there. But you can also see truth in the way that uh, we treat each other. Absolutely. Yeah. So truth in terms of caring, truth in terms of uh, truth in relationships, truth can be seen in the in the way that we act towards each other. So truth in action uh, is also uh, something that's very very real as well. It's not just an idea. Mm. And do you? And so find- we love we love to you know to do this uh, every Thursday and and in other ways in our community as well. But uh, if anyone's looking for for some extra groceries, uh, and most of it's for absolutely free. Oh, that's uh, great! You know, we just open handedly want to share this with our community. Then feel free, very welcome and free to come on down to one ninety six Portrush Road uh, there in Trinity Gardens on a Thursday between ten thirty and one thirty. Oh, that's great! And you may think uh, here you may think that uh, people in a country like Australia they don't need uh, help like that but uh, is that the reality or you you really find people coming out there and benefit of this uh, well, sort of uh, it's even uh, more offer i think it's even more to it than that uh, in, in actual fact uh, because it's not just you know australia as a whole but uh, and i think we could all say that there's always those within every every society that uh, that need some extra help and assistance and at some point or other it's going to be you or me mm. um, but the question of you know what about in our community? Sure, there's no one uh, in a well-to-do community that that needs uh, uh, a, a community pantry. But the the fact of the matter is, yes, we do. And in Trinity Gardens, when we first started, uh, or when this community pantry was first begun, uh, 
the question was raised, you know, does Trinity Gardens need one? Mm-hmm. And, and now we know that the answer is yes, because there are those who, you know, on limited incomes as retirees, there are those who um, are finding it difficult to keep up with the, uh, the, the heavy or even crushing burden of mortgages and uh, those who've been deeply affected by COVID-19. Yes. Uh, and it's, uh, and uh, the tentacles of what that's done to many people's finances as well. So, and there's many other reasons too, you know, um, there are folks that, uh, uh, for reasons outside of their own control, mm. um, have have suffered, uh, and you know, they're, they're having to make some pretty stark uh, decisions. You know, am I going to uh, pay my electricity bill, or am I going to eat? Well, I think I better pay my electricity bill. Maybe I won't eat as much mm. or eat at all mm. this coming week. Uh, and so, to think that uh, we can be a part of helping each other, um, you know, really not just because uh, we we have empathy or we know that it could be us next, but also because uh, we know that uh, we are uh, we are all children of God and we are all much loved by Him, and and He He wants the very best for each one of us. And surely we also will want that as well. No, absolutely right. And, uh, yeah, we, we can have that um, prejudgmental attitude, you know, uh, mm. towards um, people or towards whatever surrounds us and mm. thinking, oh, this is probably not necessarily this and that. But, you know, we are here to provide uh, mm. all, on all levels yes. for people. And maybe more than any other times, as you pointed out right now, when uh, we are going through this difficult time you know and yes. and people are probably even sometimes they want to come and and even just to be with somebody there and maybe mm. you may listen to them i believe that there are people who come there not only to take the food and go away you may be able to chat a little bit about few things going yes, on in their true. life yes. and i think that's a great opportunity to to share and yes. and particularly talking about the truth you know because uh, um i mean <laughs> the other day i was uh, uh, just listening to the program which uh, pastor uh, gary uh, uh, had with uh, with lindy the other day and talking about uh, if the the culture you know the mm. culture uh, change the view about sin for example and uh, it was a great program. By the way, if you miss some of these programs, you could go on uh, faithfm.com.au uh, or you can just download our um, app, Faith FM Australia, and listen on demand. But, uh, Hugh, if we could just starting now to share a little bit, what's your view? What's your mm. opinion or understanding? Mm. Has culture changed the <laughs> church's view of truth? Look, I think, um, Nick, I, I would like to say that no, it hasn't. That's what I'd like to say. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I can't say that because mm. the, the objective facts show otherwise. And uh, sad to say that uh, an institution or really a body of believers that should be a bastion of truth and, and wanting to uphold what's true uh, and, and accurate and uh, and uh, what what is uh, virtuous, uh, that Unfortunately, uh, society uh, has changed in the way that it apprehends truth, and this has had an impact upon the church and has eroded the church's understanding of truth mm. as well. And uh, I'll give you an example of that. So uh, just last year at the uh, Cultural Research Center uh, there at Arizona uh, Christian University and uh, also in conjunction with the Barna Research Group mm-hmm. in the United States and and uh, and. Yes, this is the United States. It's not a, not Australia. This study comes from, but it is really instructive, I think, for us because what it uh, what it shows in this what has been a bastion of Christian belief uh, for and of faith 
within the Western world, where, where the Western world has increasingly become uh, very secularized, the United States has uh, tended to stand out as being different in that regard. And so many people in the United States would say, yeah, I'm still a person of faith, I'm still mm-hmm. a person of belief. But what we've found, uh, and not just through means of this study, but through other studies in recent years, and this is just one of the more recent ones from last year, this is actually the American Worldview Inventory uh, of 2020. It, it showed that uh, the perception of truth has drastically changed, whereas now, Four out of ten Americans would say, oh, only four out of ten would say that, yes, uh, we think that there is such a thing as absolute truth and absolute moral truth. But uh, now uh, at least six out of ten Americans are saying uh, that they consider that there is no such thing. Uh, as absolute truth or absolute moral truth, uh, for that matter, and uh, uh, that all truth is actually quite relative, and it's really whatever uh, you think it is. Okay. Uh, and it's not just the society at large, uh, but also within the church, uh, there within the United States. And so uh, it, different figures for different churches, but by and large what we're seeing is that close to half of uh, uh, of Christians in the United States, or those who self-identify as Christians and as church, regular churchgoers, uh, whether they be born again or evangelical, mm-hmm. or right on through the uh, the spectrum, uh, would say that uh, uh, that they don't think that there is uh, such a thing, or that they don't order their lives in accordance with uh, absolute truth. Yeah, and, and that's really quite shocking. Uh, you would think because uh, the Christian understanding is that not only is is there truth. Uh, not only is truth discoverable, not only is truth perceptible, uh, but that truth finds its origin uh, in an absolute being of truth, mm-hmm. uh, and thus there is one who uh, who preserves absolute truth. Uh, that 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 there is such a thing as something which is recognizably true at all times and in every circumstance. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so now we are in a, in a time and age where close to half of Christians in the United States are saying uh, that they don't believe that to be true. Right. Okay. That's uh, that's quite um, quite serious, you it know. Is. I mean, because yeah. uh, you know, we're talking. I mean, the the, the main uh, main topic for this week is the the church in an age of uh, uh, cultural change. Mm. But you know, when you you have to think of the when you put in balance what you put in the balance in regard to the cultural change, you know, mm. because it, it's obvious that a lots of a lot of things changes with uh, with ages, you know, with uh, in the different culture. But when you talk about truth, mm-hmm. which it's interesting that truth is not uh, just superlative, you know, it's, it's not something like you know, it's yeah, truth is truth. I don't know how how to <laughs> define that another way apart that truth is truth, you know. <laughs> yes, well, you're right, Nick. Um, and and can I just hasten to add or to say or remind our listeners that when I when I cite a study from the United States, uh, it's not because uh, I don't think that uh, we should cite one from Australia, but rather to point out uh, that Australia is much more secularized than the United States is mm. uh, as a whole. Uh, and uh, that the United States is sadly catching up to the secularization elsewhere mm-hmm. in the Western world. Uh, and so what we see being true of uh, matters in America is more likely or most likely to be uh, even more so the case here in Australia as well. Um, so we are living in a time uh, where for many people, including people of faith, uh, that truth is no longer absolute. Now, mm. you, you said something really interesting. You said that, uh, you know, well, the truth is the truth, isn't it? A- and I think a lot of us intuitively and factually would say that, yes, truth is truth. And in fact, so much of our lives is centered on 
and is founded upon truth and the pursuit of truth. I mean, take for example, you, without truth, where is certitude? Mm. Without truth, where is right and wrong? Without truth, where is trust? Uh, and so we can readily see that we rely upon truth and uh, a, a, a clear and accurate apprehension of truth. We, we rely upon truth so much so that, that we need it in our court system. Uh, so it, w- without truth, there, there cannot be a, a, a solid basis to law. Mm-hmm. Uh, without truth, there cannot be solid basis to, uh, uh, to uh, empirical science, uh, what is materially true in the, in, the, in the actual real world around us. And, and without truth, there cannot be uh, a solid, dependable uh, state of uh, relationship. We can't really hold cohesively together in our relationships. In fact, so in other words, all of society or the whole social construct and the fact of, of how a nation would run or, or how we could enjoy any progress or development, all of it comes back to truth. Mm-hmm. In fact, the very definition of truth from, in many different dictionaries, whether it's Merriam-Webster or Cambridge or Oxford, would tell us that truth is, uh, to, to, is what is actual and what is factual and what is what accords to the real world around us. So without truth, we cannot even really know what's real mm. and what, what, what actually is uh, what, uh, what's really happening around us. Uh, and, and so uh, are we living uh, in a place and a time uh, or time and space, if you like, uh, and a material world that is true and real? Or are we living in one that is actually a fantasy mm. uh, and and has no basis to it? Uh, you know, am I really looking at Nick right now in the studio, or am I not? And, and so, without truth, where are we? We we have no way to navigate our way through life. Yes, and again, you said something very significant there because we live in a time in an era where um, we are uh, living too much. You know, particularly with the age of technology. You know. Uh, on a virtual um, aspect of things, you know, mm. which uh, truth is very interesting because uh, you you may watch, you know, some programs about, uh, let's say, family, for example, or relationships, you know, and uh, the way it's presented is different than the reality which you face uh, in everyday, uh, you know, relationship, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. example. And that's what uh, I believe, because when I, when we ask this question, um, if, uh, if the culture, you know, change the view of the church, you know, of Christians in regard to the truth, mm. probably is because we regard truth as we uh, relate ourselves to some understandings rather than to allow the truth to stand for itself. Mm-hmm. Because if I look uh, from a different, uh, let's say, angle, you may say, oh, this to me look a little bit like this. Maybe to you, because you look from another angle, it may look a little bit different, which means we have two different opinions. Mm. Where is the truth then? Mm. Well, this is true. Uh, I like the way you've constructed that because, uh, folks, you can't see what I just saw. I, I was watching uh, Nick talk with his hands. You know, he was he was using his hands to say, well, you know, here is truth over here and, and, and here's my perception of truth from that angle or this angle. Uh, and and if you can picture that in your mind, hopefully uh, what, uh, what we're all uh, discussing here is um, – we can readily apprehend that it's about uh, that there is truth, that there is objective truth, or there's an object that we're talking about here, but we all subjectively have a perspective on it. We don't see it in its totality necessarily mm. Mm. Um, because we are not 
uh, we, we are finite beings. We, we cannot see it in, in its infinite value or its, or in its, in, in, in its entirety. But, but truth or what is actual and factually uh, accurate and true, uh, ex- it exists, but I only see a part of it. Nick sees a part of it. Someone else, you know, who's listening sees a part of that same truth. Uh, but, uh, and, and maybe together we can begin to see a, a whole lot more of it. But, but this in turn begs the question. If there is absolute truth, then surely the only being that could fully comprehend it is an absolute being. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm not an absolute being. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm a mortal, finite being. Uh, I can only apprehend it to a certain degree. Uh, now, this doesn't mean that there isn't truth. It just means that I only apprehend or understand or comprehend part of it. Mm. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so the question needs to be asked then, is there such a thing as absolute truth? And I think there are many grounds for us to say that though we cannot see it in its entirety, we know that it exists. So for example, if someone was to say to us, well, uh, there's no such thing as absolute truth. That in itself is a statement which which proves the opposite. Mm. Because when you, when you say there is no such thing as absolute truth, you are making an absolute statement. And so this whole, whole idea of, of things being relative and, and, and truth being relative, it, it only goes so far. You know, there, there is an absolute truth, and, and I, uh, in relationship to it, see only part of it. Okay. And, and that you could look at that as being relative truth. But the idea that, that my relative truth or my apprehension of, of truth is all that there is to see, uh, or that you and I just simply have different understandings of truth, does not negate the existence of absolute truth. Mm. Uh, and so if you're following the argument there, then um, to state that there is no such thing as absolute truth logically does not follow. Uh, you are making, in, in effect, you are making an absolute statement already. So in terms of logic uh, and, and philosophically speaking, we know that there is something called absolute truth, something which is true at all times mm. and all circumstances. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very good. That's just one example. No, absolutely. And um, hey, uh, if you listening out there um, have something to share in this regard, then the, what's your understanding or vi- your view in, in regard to the uh, cultural change, I mean, and the church uh, view of, of truth? Please share with us, and the number where you can send us a text message is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. I'm going to take a short break here, um, uh, Pastor Hugh, if you don't mind, uh, and we are going to play a song actually called "River of Truth." <laughs> Please stay with us; don't go anywhere. We'll be back shortly. First drink, 
And I knew I would never be the same For my sickness I had found a cure And one thing I knew for sure It was as pure as the source from which it came From the river I drank for many years And I wondered how it journeyed here And earnestly set out to know its route I found that from the mouth of the river down Upon its banks and all around There was life along this river of truth From the prophets to the ready scribe The steady flow of truth grew wide Blessings from the river mounted high But in time its banks they would neglect Its pure precepts they'd reject Soon they found the river had run dry What they like the prophets had proclaimed The source of the river came And lived his life among them from his youth The living truth they soon denied Nailed him to a cross and pierced his side But it opened wide a new river Flowing down from heaven's mountain Pure and free When you come to the river It is sure to deliver All you need Streaming down through the ages Springing up from the pages Fresh and new Here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears. God, I thank you for this river of truth. From water sweet to a bitter cup, the enemy dammed the river up. For many years, darkness filled the skies. But a faithful few would chip away Hoping for a brighter day Hearing mournful echoes of the martyr's cry But with William Tyndale's dying breath Before he closed his eyes in death He prayed, Lord, open the King of England's eyes The day he prayed for soon would come when the king's commission work was done, the dam bursting forth with eternal words of life. Come and drink from the fountain, flowing down from heaven's mountain, pure and free. When you come to the river, it is sure to deliver all you Springing up
with bitter tears, let's be faithful to this river. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is uh, Hugh Hannon. We are talking about uh, has culture changed the church's view of truth? Just early in other programs, we were uh, uh, talking about has culture changed the church? And how has culture changed biblical morality? Indeed, uh, Pastor uh, Hugh, I think uh, we can see a lot of changes in this regard. If you if you look back, just in a just last few years, few decades, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, morality in the church changed radically. I mean, always there was uh, you know an issue with morality, you know, all all through the history. But it's different, you know, and we try to excuse ourselves and finding mm. in the Bible, in the Word of God, some ways to justify our own ways, you know. And I, I, I'm not sure if this represents what you just talked about a bit before the break, the absolute. Yes. Truth. Yes. Now, uh, I said to the listeners um, before we're moving on that we are going to give um, uh, a free gift. Uh, and this is a wonderful book called Grounds for Belief. Excellent book. A very good book. Yes. And uh, of course, the author of, uh, of this book uh, looked into the um, aspect of cultural change and how in the last couple of decades, you know, with the technology and, uh, you know, Everything changed, you know, mm. uh, the perception of us in many regards, it radically changed. Uh, but I believe we need not to, not to take our attention away from something which was from the beginning. And when I'm talking the absolute truth here, and uh, of course we make reference of God, the creator and the sustainer of all things. And just a little bit uh, later, we'll, we'll open the Bible to look at some of the passages uh, mm. uh, in this regard. But yeah, this book is yours. Um, no obligation. Thanks, thanks Nick. I'll take it right now. <laughs> you can take it, uh, Hugh. <laughs> you can take it, but it's uh, uh, to anyone who send us a message. Yes. On zero four double eight double eight. 0811 with the code SA18. SA stands for South Australia, number 18, and this book is yours. Free of charge, no obligation. Coming back to you, uh, Pastor here now, and talking about um, has culture change the church's view of truth? What else would you like to share with us? In, in regard of the truth. So we've looked at the underpinnings uh, within society that uh, that all find their anchor points in truth. Uh, and uh, that's been very important, I think, to just uh, open up there. But we've also looked at the fact that, logically speaking, you can't really say that, uh, that there is no such thing as absolute truth. That's an absolute statement. So we've looked at uh, these aspects, or, or you could say uh, arguments for the existence of absolute truth. Um, but you went to know this when you, when you raised what you just did a moment ago there, Nick, when you said that uh, you know, when it comes to morality, 
that we we're seeing a decline in morality in society, and even for that matter, uh, in terms of the understanding of what is moral and what is excellent mm. uh, within the church as well, uh, as as uh, societal values are beginning to override biblical values mm-hmm. of what is good and what is right and what is wrong and what is not so, what, what's what's bad, what's sinful. Um, so we are seeing that play out, uh, but. You weren't to realize, perhaps, that, that this is probably where I think it's best for us to look next when it comes to absolute truth, and that is the fact that uh, uh, there is an argument, one could say, for absolute truth by looking at uh, the universality of morality itself. Mm. Uh, because when you look at the many different cultures that exist around the world, uh, when you look at the many different languages and, and conceptual frameworks within which we communicate, uh, when you look at all the different backgrounds and ethnicities and so on, you would expect to see great deal of dissonance you'd like you'd expect to see that uh, there'd be a, a massive fragmentation with regards to right and wrong to the extent that uh, one would not necessarily you know one uh, framework of right and wrong in one jurisdiction or one part of the world you would think that it'd have almost no uh, reflection or no um, uh, mirror imaging of mm-hmm. that somewhere else in another part of the world. And yet what we do see is a universal set of moral values, which in itself speaks to absolute truth. Now, what I mean by that is that, that wherever you go in the world, uh, murder or killing another human being is considered reprehensible. Yes. It sends a chill down the spine of anyone with a conscience. Uh, the very fact that we all have a conscience, hopefully not one that's been educated to be turned off, uh, hopefully not one that has become so dulled as to become sociopathic or psychopathic, but the very fact that these are on the extreme edge of human experience, you know, being sociopathic or psychopathic, mm-hmm. points out that for most of us, we understand that there are some uh, universal moral frameworks within which to operate. And all of this is based based upon uh, moral absolute truths. So murder, you know, if you were to murder somebody, virtually wherever you go in the world today, 99.999% of people would say that's wrong. Yes. That's not something that should be done, and they would, they would hold to that absolutely. Uh, likewise, when it comes to, uh, to rape or when it comes to genocide, mm. uh, when it comes to many of these things, we would say, you know what? These things are wrong, and they're absolutely wrong, uh, and this in itself points to the existence of absolute truth. And I like what you said also there, because, you know, um, even though we are in this sinful nature, you know, and we are corrupted and uh, um, we can sometime, you know, uh, even numb ourselves in regard mm-hmm. to such a atrocity, you know, like murdering or other things, uh, or people even justify their actions uh, in this regard. But, if you look to yourself down into in, in in the bottom of your heart to say so, is there because it was planted there from the beginning? Yes, from it's the Creator, intrinsically there by design. Mm. Yes, mm. all of us have this uh, within our <clears throat> the within the the coding of our conscience, if you like. Uh, and you're right to say that some of us try and numb that or or justify our actions in various different ways, but we know deep down what is right and what is wrong and when we do something which is wrong uh, it, it has such an impact upon us that it can not only be um, apprehended uh, by an investigation into these things not always easily but sometimes it's very obvious that mm. someone's done the wrong thing but we can also uh, uh, see it physiologically now we can we can detect it through you know 
for example, lie detectors. Mm-hmm. Um, lie detecting uh, tests uh, show the fluctuations and differences that happen within a person's physiology because yes. of they, they know when they've done the wrong thing and they know when they've lied about doing the wrong yes. thing. Yes. And, and we can track this. And so is... Is there such a thing as absolute truth? Well, universal morality would tell us yes. Mm. Something else we should probably consider as well is the the unchanging laws of nature. <clears throat> Within nature, there's gravitational force. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you look at uh, gravity, when you look at uh, uh, electromagnetic force, when you look at uh, other various different laws of nature, uh, you will see that uh, these things uh, hold true and they, they, they stay and they remain true. Uh, and this also reflects the existence of absolute truth. Uh, when you look at uh, objective, unchanging fact, because we've talked before about the fact that uh, even even the way we we talk, you know, the fact of the facts. You know, <laughs> when it comes to to uh, uh, to the definition of truth, uh, it is that which is factual or actual or comports with reality. Uh, and so, uh, the very existence of the fact that you know there's no such thing as a round uh, triangle, mm. you know, uh, mm. and there's 180 degrees in a triangle, uh, or the fact that one plus one equals two. Uh, all of these mathematically and objectively and scientifically point to the existence of absolute truth. And you can have a wrong perception because you don't uh, understand yet, you know, the origin, if you if you like. Of, I mean, people have uh, all sorts of wrong perceptions about even... Is this world round or is flat, you know, <laughs> or all those things. But um, now, today, even with technology and other things, we can observe things mm. uh, in a better way. But interesting enough that um, just on this aspect, if the world is round or it's, uh, it's flat, in the Bible, many, many uh, years ago, you know, thousands of years ago, people mm. had the understanding of the world being round was not just the discovering of um, who discovered the uh, that the world is is round you know uh, but you know job for example in in uh, in all the, mm-hmm. one of the books in the old testament mm-hmm. he described the world being Round and hanged, you know, hanging in space. In space, there, yes, yeah. yes. And it hangs upon nothing, yes. as, as Joe puts it. Yes, yes. That's and, right. and that's what I'm trying to uh, to think here. That yes, uh, we may not understand everything, but mm. that doesn't mean that there is not an uh, absolute truth. Well, that's right, you know, and uh, and and the examples that you were giving uh, are an evidential base for the accuracy of Scripture. You know, long before science had determined, uh, or at least not determined, rather discovered mm. that the world was uh, round, uh, that uh, that the Earth. Uh, isn't upon a flat surface, or it's not carried on the back of an elephant, or or carried around by Atlas mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> on his shoulders, but uh, that the prophet Isaiah was sharing this 800 years before Christ, and Job, the earliest uh, references in the Scripture, the earliest book that was written to understanding, yes, going back, uh, um, you know, well and truly, uh, one and a half thousand years before Christ, <clears throat> that that uh, and. and Pertaining to a time even before that, yes, that there was this understanding within Scripture that that hadn't been caught on to within wider uh, society, uh, philosophers and uh, and and the scientists of the time, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly that modern science has been catching up with ever since. Now, on that on that score, where that's concerned, Nick, I think it's important just to note that <clears throat> that um, that there is such a thing as subjective 
an objective truth. Mm. So, for example, if I were to, there's a pile of books in front of us here uh, on on the studio desk, uh, and if I asked you, Nick, to tell me how many books there are there. You know, uh, taking into account that there could be an inaccuracy in your count, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm sure there won't be, because this is Nick we're talking about here, then uh, what would you tell me? How many books are there? All right, well... Uh, in that pile. I, I, may, I may say that there are uh, nine books. And so you can tell, objectively, that there are exactly nine books in that pile, can't you? But if I was to say to you, well, you know... Um, Tell me, uh, what's your favorite color? Or sorry, what what's the best color uh, in this studio? Mm. And you've got a number here to choose from. You could choose red or black or gray. Uh, but would that be absolutely true that that was the best color? It wouldn't, wouldn't it? It'd be your subjective opinion. That's correct. Um, and so you can see how that some truth is subjective. It's subjective to or subjected to our opinion. Mm. Um, but this does not negate objective truth, and we can see that with regards to the number of books that are here on, in a pile upon the upon the table. That is irrefutable. Mm-hmm. That there is such a thing as objective, uh, absolute truth with respect to that question. Yeah, that's, I like that. Yes, mm. yeah, I like the uh, analogy. And you're right uh, because um, even though we are going to to bring it together a little bit from a spiritual point yes. of view because this is where we are uh, uh, going to to establish mm-hmm. if you like uh, um, this understanding mm. that there is absolute truth and there is yes. god which all of us we are just pivoting you know around uh, around this uh, mm. you know truth and god well let, let's go there you know when it, when it comes to uh, uh, evidence for absolute truth. Here's another, if you like, and that is the pursuit of it, the acknowledgement that it exists by billions in the world today, let alone the many who lived before our time. Mm, mm. Uh, and you can see that in the the array and the, uh, the the many different types of religions that exist in the world today, uh, many of which all claim, or many which claim to to follow absolute truth, or, or to believe that in such a thing as truth, and that they are. They are following it the true way. Mm, yes. Uh, and so there is this uh, understanding innate to us as human beings, not just in terms of morality, not just in terms of what is discoverable in the material realm empirically, not just in terms of what's objectively able to be seen, um, but also in terms uh, and, and natural law, but also in terms of discovering absolute truth in its entirety, in its totality, uh, not just materially, but uh, in those things that cannot be seen as well. Uh, that are not evident to our senses. So in terms of seeking for uh, the absolute being behind absolute truth. Now, what I mean by that is that you and I are not, uh, well, you and I are are, are subjects. You know, we we are subject to what happens around us and we have a subjective view of what's what's good and what we like and what's true. Uh, But... uh, And so we we see truth in a limited degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as human beings, we have tended um, to, in our arrogance and in our pride, we've tended to say, well, you know what, uh, it's not our understanding that's limited, rather instead there's a limit to reality. Right. And so it's only it's only the material realm okay. that, that, that is able to be perceptible at all, that, or that it even exists. There's no such thing beyond it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only what is seen that, it, that exists. The unseen does not exist. But if there is absolute truth, and I think we've given many reasons for the existence of absolute truth, this in itself tells us that there is an absolute being 
who comprehends it, and in fact has uh, a, who who has given it its form right. as well. And I think uh, we can see that in the many different religions exist that that we we all pursuing uh, to understand who this this absolute being is. Uh, but the, the problem is, I think, that we need to acknowledge is that when it comes to religions. And this is maybe a, a subject for another program, mm. but that uh, either all the religions are absolutely wrong, or, or at least they're wrong. You know, they, they've got some things right, some things wrong, mm-hmm. but they're wrong, or they're all wrong except one. Mm, that's interesting. Yes, in terms of absolute truth. Yes, you know, they're either all wrong, or they're all wrong except one. Yeah, in terms of uh, the understanding that they have of who this absolute being is, who has given us. Absolute truth and the ability to apprehend that there is absolute truth. Absolutely. And able to enjoy a relationship with this being as well. Mm. And this is where, as Christians, and I'm not, I'm not by in any way trying to, to, um, diminish or to, uh, uh, to uh, be unkind to anyone else of any other faith. But as Christians now, uh, you and I, Nick, we have, when we come to the Bible, we have some interesting statements that we come across there uh, from the one that, uh, that that speaks uh, with respect to well, when it comes to Christ, who speaks <clears throat> of Himself and who speaks of what uh, the Bible and what what God as a, you know uh, the one who gave the Bible, we believe that to be mm-hmm. true. Uh, what uh, He has revealed to us is truth and what is absolute truth. Uh, and uh, I think that's probably a, a place that would be good for us to to go and to see well, what does the Bible offer us? What does God share with us with regards to truth and absolute truth? Please share with us, um, uh, Pastor Hugh, a few passages in the Bible where we can uh, go back and look at it. And, and you know, uh, when we open the Bible, we should not just, um, like uh, any other book, you know, just go. We should allow the Bible to speak mm. for itself because the yes. Bible is, as I understand myself, and I hope that... Um, Anyone who's treasuring this wonderful book, the Bible, they will see the uh, fountains of truth, the living water, the whatever is needed for us to understand. Please share with us some passages. Sure. So <clears throat> when it comes to the scriptures, um, the reason I turned there is because uh, I found it to be uh, a source of truth that is reliable. Mm. And you mentioned some re- reasons for that just a few moments earlier, uh, Nick. And we could we could expand on many others as well in terms of uh, the fact that it's a book of history and that archaeology provides evidence for its science, where, where it intersects with science, mm-hmm. provides evidence for the Bible and so on. But again, it's, it's a subject for another program. Um, but the reason we, we turn there is because if there is absolute truth, and I think we've shown very good grounds that there is, uh, then that points us to an absolute being. But an absolute being then will be someone who will want to uh, engage, hopefully, with his creation uh, and uh, and enjoy a relationship with us. If, if absolute truth can be apprehended, then uh, the absolute being can also, we can also enjoy a, 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 a relationship with or we can understand something about uh, this absolute being from the world around us and from these various evidences we've shared. Yes. But most importantly, we would know who this absolute being is by his own revealing of himself. Uh, and so you would hope or you would you would expect that at some point in human existence that this absolute being has come and made himself uh, available to and made himself um, perceptible to uh, us as human beings. And we find this kind of 
exclusive, absolute claim in the life and in the person of Jesus Christ. Many religious followers, or sorry, leaders have, have made all sorts of claims, but Jesus has made a very exclusive claim in saying that he is God. Mm. Yeah, he, he many times says, you know, I am uh, the light of the world, or I am, uh, before any of you existed, before those he was speaking to, uh, he said, I, I am, before Abraham was, I am. Yes. So in other words, he was saying, I am the self-existent one, the absolute being that you've been looking for, and I've become one of you. Mm. you know, I've, I've become a created being, even though <laughs> I am the one who made all things. And uh, it's interesting that he has quite a bit to say when it comes to truth. Um, he says in uh, John chapter 8 and verse 32, he says, Then you will know the truth. Or rather, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Because then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's something very freeing and liberating about the truth. Uh, we are fully emancipated by truth. When we don't have truth, uh, things are chaotic, things are confusing. You can't build any cohesive understanding of reality or, or any relationships around you. Uh, and uh, in actual fact, you, you grope about in the darkness. But when you come to Christ, Christ says, you know what? When you come to me, you will find that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And there's a, no, there's a reason why he says that, because in John chapter 14, uh, he says something very compelling. Uh, in the Gospel of John, John chapter 14 and verse 6, he says, I am, there's that statement again, that self-existent statement, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so Jesus, uh, the scriptures talk about the fact that his law, God's law, is truth. It talks about the fact that your word or the Bible is truth. We read that in John 17, for example. But Jesus also says, I am the truth. So truth is not just objective fact. It is also um, a person, Mm. and it can be enjoyed uh, it can be enjoyed relationally. Uh, and uh, so he has revealed himself to us, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he also adds, no one can come to the Father, no one can come to a relationship with God, unless they come through me. Yes. So it's a very exclusive claim, isn't it? And, you know, some people say, well, it's too exclusive. You know, uh, surely there are many ways to find our way to God. Mm. Uh, but Jesus is saying, actually, no, uh, you come through the Son, you come through Jesus Christ to the Father. That's what the and Bible says: one, one Lord, you know, one uh, yes. baptism, one way, one shepherd, whatever you want to put it in. In which uh, that's right. Uh, and this carries the hallmarks of absolute truth. Mm-hmm. It, it ha- carries the ring of truth to it that you would expect that at some point in human existence, if there, if we are to have apprehended absolute truth, that there would be an absolute truth claim. Uh, uh, with respect to an uh, to a person or to a being, uh, and and we find that in Jesus Christ. Now we're we're not going to provide evidences for that just here and now. That's again something for another time and another place and program. But this is what you would expect to find at some point within uh, within human history or within uh, within time and space. You would come across the absolute being making himself known uh, to his finite, uh, uh, um, much loved uh, creation. And we are part of that. So, so isn't it wonderful to think that in Christ that we find one who says, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That that may sound very exclusive, but it also is very inclusive. Mm. In other words, everyone can come to come to God through Jesus. And we see this, for example, with you know, we talk, we worry about 
exclusivity. But you know, if you if I wanted to call you after this program, if our callers want to listen, you know, our listeners want to call in, um, and they dial the wrong number, even just one digit, they're not going to get in. They're Correct. not going to communicate. Yes. And so, if we're going to communicate uh, fully and and uh, completely with God, then that needs to happen um, uh, through. A very specific means, and that, as it as it happens, is through Jesus Christ. Uh, he has made that very bold claim, uh, and uh, I would really invite our listeners to put to the test the truth claims of Jesus Christ. We can we can say like Pontius Pilate, oh, you know, what is truth? Mm. But truth is that which is um, not just uh, an accurate understanding of things, but that which is honourable and trustworthy, and 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 something which. Um, is worthwhile knowing, and God is someone who is worthwhile knowing. And I really encourage our listeners uh, to to want to take uh, the next step in your relationship with with that absolute being who is absolutely truthful, absolutely trustworthy, and absolutely worthwhile knowing. That's very well said, um, Pastor Hugh. And I believe through Jesus Christ, our Lord, He's the only one who can change our hearts and the perception of uh, what truth is. If you know the, uh, the person, you know, who, uh, who said, I am the truth, then uh, you may um, change your attitude mm. and your views in regard to certain things which can be so um, debatable, you know. Uh, and unfortunately, in the, in the Christendom, uh, you know, um, today we have this sort of uh, issues. Uh, even <laughs> talking the next program, by the way, if you... Um, if you'd like to join us, actually, join uh, uh, Fabiano tomorrow and uh, um, uh, Tracy, they are going to talk about uh, has culture changed the church's picture of God? And indeed, probably, uh, we have a, a wrong picture of God, and we need to go back and learn who God really is to have the, the right uh, picture. Uh, Pastor Hill, how would you like to pray uh, today uh, for us and for our listeners, you know, that uh, we may be drawn closer to Jesus Christ? Thank you, Nick. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, to consider the most important questions in life. And, Lord, we just want to acknowledge that uh, one of those most important questions is, is there a dependable basis for truth? And for knowing what is true, uh, and that that cohesively holds together, that helps us to make sense of the entire universe uh, and of our place within it. And so we're grateful, Father, that we are not just uh, randomized atoms bouncing about in the universe, but that we have a God who is an absolute being of absolute love, who has made the absolute greatest and ultimate sacrifice by becoming one of us to uh, make it possible to to know one another. And you, the Lord, have given your very life to rescue us from the uncertainty, uh, the anxiety, and the separation from you that has been caused by sin and, and poor choices. Thank you, Father, that there is uh, a truth. In fact, there is one who is the truth, who helps us to make the best choices. And because we have come to you, who is the way, the truth, and the life, that as a result, the truth has set us free. So, Lord, help us to remain in this freedom and help us, Lord, to be people who love the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. 
And so we pray all these things in the name of the one who is the truth, the way and the life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And indeed, uh, we are thankful to uh, Adventist World Radio for their support. You can be also part of uh, this ministry, this program, if you like. Again, uh, I'll give you the number where you can send uh, us uh, the request for the book which you have for today, Grounds for Belief. The number is 488 Looks like our time is up for today. May God richly bless you. And we are inviting you to come uh, and join us uh, again um, uh, tomorrow when we look at this, uh, is, if uh, culture changed the church's picture of God. Until then, may God richly bless you. Change my heart, oh be like